Blog Talk Radio. Now tuned in to the mother uh, greatest. Hey, hey, hey! What's poppin', everybody? Welcome to Let's Chat. Hey, T. Hey, Lisa girl, how you doing? I'm good. I am good. Happy Thursday. See, I didn't say Friday. <laughs> it's Friday Eve, though. Happy Friday Eve, y'all. <laughs> yes, yes. Lisa, I'm excited about. This. A few things tonight. You know, we got a lot going on this Thursday night. Once again, you know, before Alicia and I get all involved with each other, like we're not doing a show, welcome to this chat. My name is Tony, and that's my fabulous, fabulous partner over there, Miss Alicia. But, Alicia, you know, it's the start of the NFL season, so I've been talking smack all afternoon. <laughs> I see. I saw it. I saw it. You know, I'm in my feelings. I'm in my feelings about my Niners. <laughs> You know, everybody all on Kaepernick's tip. Back up off to him. <laughs> oh, man, hats off. You know, but when you got the POTUS back in you, there's not much a whole lot of people can say, Lee. So, you know, they got the president supporting them, let them understand that that's his right. But, you know, I've been going in all great. afternoon. <laughs> it's always somebody's right until the wrong. It's like, well, how are you going to do that? You can't do mm-hmm. that. I'm with you, Kaepernick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Me too. And you see, Leisha, a lot of people is joining them too. Have you noticed? Yes. And I I saw, I guess, uh, the last game, somebody mm-hmm. joined him. It was like he was giving him a pep talk. And I was like, look, now, I can afford to do this shit here. You may not be able to afford to do this now. <laughs> so if you don't do it, I understand. We're just going to take a knee. <laughs> <laughs> just take that knee. <laughs> Oh man, oh man! But you know, you let him know, like I can afford, look, I can afford to take this knee. But bro, you do. You might not be able to afford to take the knee now. If you can't, exactly. Just don't be following the leader. You got to make sure you know what you're taking that knee for. But, you know, me and Lisa, we could just go on and on. But here on Let's Chat, you know, we do celebrate literature as well as art the royal way, no matter what the genre or the platform may be. 
Our show allows all avid readers and authors to interact in an intimate, fun, and friendly environment. We invite you to come into the chat room and just, you know, let your head down, pull your seat up about whatever it is that you do. Because, you know, we, we showcase authors, politicians, musicians. We have so many awesome musicians that come on that's associated with the music world, Lee. And our library is just filled, just filled with so much passion for what our guests do. So make sure you guys check out our archives if you get a chance because, man, there's a show in there for everybody. Everybody, Leash. Absolutely. We always, always have great guests on. Uh, I really like the, the fact that our guest has been really, really welcoming. You know, even the celebs. Sometimes you contact a celeb to come on the show. It's around, you know, mm-hmm. around the corner, down the street. You got to call this person, text that person, you know. And so it's really been really, really an easy process. And I appreciate mm-hmm. all of the connections, you know, that helped me be able to bring those guests in. Uh, mm-hmm. Because it is a blessing. We love what we do, Tony and I. Um, this is a free platform. And we want to keep it that way. If you enjoy the show and you would like to help us keep it that way, you can always sponsor Let's Chat. You just send your request to the chat radio show at gmail.com. And if you're looking for some hot, hot reads, make sure you head over to Amazon and pre-order your your copy of Living Anonymous M. That is on pre-order. It comes out on the 16th. Uh, if you are an author and you are looking for a uh, publishing home, uh, Seven Figures Publication is now accepting submissions. Uh, you're going to send your request to submissions at sevenfigurespublications.com. Now, there are some guidelines that they're requesting, which if you follow me on Facebook, you will see um, all the things that are required, or you can go to their uh, Facebook page, Seven uh, Figures Publications, and it will be there. And, of course, you've got author Zoe Truth. Now, this author here is an erotic author, and let me tell y'all, she is the truth, because y'all know, mm. me and T, we like us some erotic, okay? We like us some good sexy. You know, I always say, mm-hmm. if it's going to be nasty, let it be nasty. If not, don't do it for that. But this <laughs> pen right here, I couldn't even post the whole excerpt. I had to pick out another piece that wasn't so bad. I'm telling y'all, if y'all enjoy erotic authors, if y'all enjoy, like, uh, those hot sex scenes, you will enjoy a good girl's journey of dirty little secrets. And then, of course, we've got Reese World Publishing. Make sure you head out and pick up anything under Reese World Publishing. We currently have a new release by Tasha DeMay. Uh, it is her Love, Truth, and Consequences, uh, book two, Playing Dirty. That is now available on Barnes & Noble and at Amazon. You can also pick up Laces by author Black Rose. And we don't want you to forget that author Byron Carey, Byron Carey has uh, clouded judgment. The closest one to you is the hardest one to judge, which is so true. So make sure you head out to Amazon and pick up his release, a clouded course, anything Nini Capri presents. 
make sure y'all grab that diamonds, pumps, and glocks. It is now available on everything. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it on Create, on uh, um, Barnes and Nobles. It comes in paperback, ebooks. You can also head over to Queen City Bullies and grab your copy today. Of course, mm-hmm. Simple Less by the fabulous Imani Hilton, and anything from author S. Chameleon. She currently has one, two, three, five. I want to say five um, books out. Her newest book, Breaking Through the Silence, Living with Mental Illness, is her newest book. Um, Everybody knows somebody that has dealt with mental illness um, or Mm -hmm. even that's dealing with it now. You know, sometimes when, when the enemy attacks, you know, they attack your mind first. And so at some mm-hmm. point in time, everybody has dealt with a little bit of something. So make sure y'all go out there and support my girl, S. Camellia, and grab your copy today. Mm-hmm. Those are some awesome reads you just rolled up, yes, young lady. And they, they, I think they're all fabulous. And don't forget, we have more to come. We have some coming soon. So make sure you follow either Alicia or myself. We'll be posting them. Or one of the writing world to promotion divas. You know, we try to keep everybody current and up to par on what it is that we know that's going on in the literary world. So we appreciate you guys um, supporting those fabulous authors. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Anything, I think, as far as reading um, is a benefit. I think kids read more when they see their parents reading. I think reading not only opens up your mind to just a different world, it just it's it's eye opening for you. It opens you up to um, sometimes different vocabulary because you know some y'all already know sometimes y'all got them authors with them big ass words. You spend the whole time trying to figure out what the word is, and you less focused on the the plot and the storyline, and more focused on that one huge word. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> that they got, and you try to figure out what it is. Nothing, not the mm-hmm. story. <laughs> mm-hmm. Remember, ladies, we had a, one of our favorite authors. We we're not gonna name names, but we had been reading him yes. for a while. We had to get him on this show because, first of all, mm-hmm. he went outside his genre. You know, we were used to reading <laughs> a certain ten of his, but then he, you know, he went out outside his genre, and then, okay, I'll rock with him. I'm gonna support the brother. Girl, I picked up that book, and I think every other word I was in the dictionary league. <laughs> Girl, it takes away from the story when I got to keep looking up a word. You know, I'm pretty proficient in words. You know, so I, I could play a Scrabble game or two. It's not like I'm – but why am I old in the dictionary looking oh, at five-syllable words? <laughs> I done got you going, T. But it's <laughs> we did. We're going to have to do another show on that. We have to do another show on that. I always, I always tell authors, watch your verbiage. Sometimes it's the simplest <laughs> word that's needed. I mean, I know that sometimes they want to make those words like huge and big, but really, that's kind of like a cheat. That's like saying she mm-hmm. walks in a room seductively. You know what I'm saying? That's not showing me. That's telling me. So if you use big mm-hmm. words, you're not really showing the reader what it is you're trying to get them to play back in their head. You're telling them what it is. So you want to mm-hmm. show them whatever it is that you're trying to put out there. How did she walk in a room seductively? What was seductive about her walk? That's what a reader needs. I mean, there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with beefing up the vocabulary. Everybody needs that. But like <laughs> she's it. Every, five, every five words, everybody got time for that. <laughs> You know, you're going to get me going, but okay, I digress. 
Well, then, if you go going now, you're going to be going over this topic. The topic is a final goodbye. We have three mm-hmm. fabulous authors tonight to Kaya Sims, Latoya Chandler, and Phyllis Forrest. They're going to be kicking in the chat room doors and chatting with us tonight. With this, this title, somebody asked me, um, y'all going off the air? No, we're not going off the air. But I want to talk about when you have that final edit and you turn it in. Do mm-hmm. you... When you have that final goodbye with your characters and you turn it in, do you read it after it comes from the editor? Do you, like, reread mm-hmm. it or do you just, like, here you go? You know what I'm saying? I Ooh, think that a lot mm-hmm. of people need to, and don't send me no inboxes. This is just my opinion. I'm on my own soapbox. But I think that before you put out a book, you may want to proofread it when it comes from the editor. Because editors are human like everybody else, and sometimes they mess mm-hmm. up. Sometimes you mm-hmm. mess up. That's why you need an editor. But if you just take it from the editor and put it out and then see that there may have been some errors missed, that is your fault mm-hmm. because you should have proofread it before you sent it in or before you put it out. You know what I'm saying? Right. It should always be mm-hmm. a final read, a final goodbye to that story. Mm-hmm. Interesting, because, you know, because people look back. I know I look at the, the front flap and look who the editor is, the cover design, and as well as the author. And if you find a book full of errors, you know, you're going to make note of that editor and, and see what else that person may have edited and like, oh, no, she, she, she did wrong. She needs to change editors. So, And being an editor myself into that. So this is a good title, and I was hoping we weren't going on the air leash. <laughs> No, this is not our final show. We're talking final goodbyes to those final characters. When y'all finally turn in that manuscript to be set for print, you have to say that final goodbye to everybody. Until I see you next time, if you're going to have a book two or, you know, if it's book Mm -hmm. three. And sometimes it's Mm -hmm. a stand-along. It's just plain old goodbye. You know, but it's a final goodbye. We're going to take a brief break. And we're going to come back with our fabulous Shatea Sims. And we're going to talk that talk on Let's Chat. Okay. Just
pretty much running out of money <laughs> to support it. So um, I was doing well, but then I, I knew I needed that extra support and that extra push to get to reach the masses that I couldn't reach. So mm-hmm. I got presented with this opportunity to sign with New Class, which wasn't my first offer, but there was the offer that felt right for me. And mm-hmm. they're here in my hometown of Philadelphia. And, you know, more importantly, the vibe was right. So, like, mm-hmm. if anybody's out there that's trying to get um, published or, you know, even in music or whatever, if you're trying to get signed, if the vibe is wrong and you feel it in your gut, do not sign that contract. Like, it has to be a sure thing. You don't want to go in there, you know, go into a contract with doubts or speculations or just not being clear as to what you're signing. So, Tammy... Mm-hmm. um from New Class, Tammy is the, you know, founder and the president of New Class. That's her baby. Um, she just made me feel comfortable, and I liked her vibe, and I liked everything she was saying. So, mm-hmm. all right. This is Tony and Shatea. You know, you said something that is so important, and shout out to Tammy. You know, the first time I met her, she just made me feel like we had known each other forever, and I met her at the Harlem mm-hmm. Book Fair a couple of years ago. But sometimes, you know, us as readers, we don't realize all that it takes to get a book in our hands. You know, you talk about um, being self-published, whereas everything is on you to get it done, the, the yes. publishing, the the promoting, the everything. So sometimes when a reader complains about the price of a book, that's a lot of work that goes into getting that book into your hands. It's not just you write a book and then you hand it out to the reader. So much goes into it that, you know, the appreciation that I have gotten, Alicia and I, since we've been doing these shows, is tenfold for an author because it's not easy and it's not cheap. Mm-hmm. It really is not. <laughs> Even down to the smallest of details, such as a book cover, like it's just you want everything to be perfect. And, mm-hmm. you know, with perfection, Perfection costs money, just to be quite frank. And I've went through so many covers and wasted so much money just trying to perfect the product, trying to give, you know, readers um, a quality, quality product. Because I know I'm a reader myself. So it's like I'm probably my worst critic, but I knew that I wanted something that stood out and I wanted something that everybody could relate to. And I wanted something that, you know, pertain to the masses, like everybody can relate to it and everybody can, you know, get involved with these characters. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, down to the cover and the synopsis was actually the hardest thing I've had (laughs) to put together as an author. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Now tell us a little bit about your book, Living Anonymously, for those who have not already read it. Okay, so it's living anonymous. I know that the correct grammatical uh, term is would be living anonymously, but I just felt that anonymously kind of took off that little edge to it. So I just mm-hmm. shortened it to living anonymous, and it fit all on the cover. That too, you got to be mindful of your word count, <laughs> your letters on the uh, on the cover. Um, mm-hmm. It just it's about a young woman. It's written all in first person and it's her story. Um, journeying she starts in foster care. Um, her foster mother isn't the best. This starts out in nineteen eighty nine and the little girl it starts out when the little girl is nine years old. Um, you know, during that time foster care wasn't as strict 
with the kids as it is now. Like now you do the background checks and, you know, you have to pass so many tests and go through so many. Um, you even got to take a course now to be a foster care parent. Back then you didn't. They were just like giving these kids to anybody who signed up. So she got mm-hmm. stuck into a household that wasn't um, wasn't good for her. She was being abused. She was being neglected. Um, through that, she met, you know, through that, she got teased by children at her school um, because kids are cruel or kids can be cruel. <laughs> so she went mm-hmm. through that, and then she meets um, another little girl that's seen her struggle, and for whatever reason, they just click. And in a way, that little, the other little girl ends up saving her life. Now, fast forward, you go through their teenage years of, you know, becoming young women, becoming young ladies, and knowing who they are in this world. Um, fast forward again, it's just like a journey through life. So it starts when the, she's nine, it ends when she's 26, and that's book one because it is a three-book series. Um, I did it that way because I just I wasn't done with the character. I just I had so much to give to this character. I just I wanted mm-hmm. to share it with everyone. So that's what I did. So you're just journeying through the life of this one um, girl and all the people that comes in and out her lives, her life, mm-hmm. excuse me, and her mm-hmm. trials and tribulations, her being in love, her falling out in love, her being mm-hmm. with Mr. Right, her being with Mr. Wrong, even her mother comes back later on in the book. Go through this emotional roller coaster that probably many of us go through, you know, as women. So you just go through her story. Mm-mm. It sounds like a serious story within this story. And um, <laughs> is there like a, a certain message? This is Tony. I'm sorry. We always forget to, inter- <laughs> to say who's talking because we sound so much alike. Y'all but, do. Um, what, is the, <laughs> what is the message that you want your readers to get out of it when they get that book in their hand? So, um, as I said, it's a three-book series. The messages, there is little messages throughout book one. I don't want to say. It's just, I guess the message in book one is survival, is, um, Mm. you know, uh, you get knocked down, but you get back up. It's the, that guy broke my heart, but it's going to be okay. It's the, my mom abandoned me, but I can't use that as my excuse, you know, to mess Mm. up in life. It's the... You know the betrayal of friends, but I still have to go through life. Like life doesn't end at disappointment. You know, mm-hmm. so that's mm-hmm. pretty much what book one is all about. Even up to the end, where um, not to tell you the end, but where it's you can't trust everybody. You just mm-hmm. can't. Like you would, you think that you're treating somebody good and they have their your best interest at heart, and it comes to find out that they were hating on you the whole time, and you have right. no clue. So you kind of right. go through that journey in book one. Um, book two just deals with, you know, other other life-blowing events to her where she kind of does fall. She hits rock bottom, like straight rock bottom. Whatever you think rock bottom is, that's what mm-hmm. she hit. And then book three is just all about her rebuilding herself. So like I said, I try to get you to go through that journey, um, that journey as just being a woman. I, I speak of women just because, um, you know, I think we all went through that. We all went through the bad relationship. We all kind of, you know, even though you have the best mom, I'm sure that you had 
times where, oh, my God, I can't stand my mom. <laughs> like, I know for me, I had, I, I have, like, I love my mom, but during high school, she couldn't tell me nothing. <laughs> I know she, like, <laughs> was mad at me just as much as I was mad at her. And, uh-huh. you know, and then especially for these young girls, when you get out in the world, the real world, nobody cares about your story. It's it's mm-hmm. it's very sad. It's very disheartening, but you can't go into corporate world saying my dad abused me or my mom abused me or whatever because that CEO that's sitting across from he's not going to care. All he's caring mm-hmm. about is you got a job to do and you got to do it. Mhm. That is so uh, true. This is Tony once again, Ashley. <laughs> and you know, you you talk about the um, foster system foster care system, and that's a serious system. At one point, we were seeing it in the news like every other day. Now, did Mm -hmm. you have to do any type of research in order to make your story more believable? Um, I did not, honestly, Um, not with the foster care, just because it's such a short chapter, like it's 22 pages to be exact of her being that little nine-year-old girl getting shuffled mm. into the foster care system. Okay. But during those, you know, snippets, you know, you see what she goes through of being neglected and being abused, which I know a few kids from when I was young going through that. So I kind of, mm. you know, saw what they were going through. And even with the bullying, it's like I kind of um, – that was like kind of my inspiration behind her story. Mhm. Wow. Well, I hope it's an inspiration to those that read it because it sounds like it's a really, really good and eye-opening book. So, what else do you have coming on the on the horizon with Miss Tammy Capri? Um. So, as you know, Living Anonymous is the uh, the first book, my first baby, actually. <laughs> um. <laughs> In January, um, I'm hoping to release uh, one of the characters' uh, story um, in the book. His name is James Hennessy. Yes, <laughs> I like the drink. Mm. Uh, <laughs> James Hennessy, also known as Nice, and that is um, I kind of I wrote his story, but I wrote his story in a way that the characters don't meet until the end. So you kind of get his story of. Um, up until they meet, and then it kind of stops where when they meet, just because, like, I wanted to give readers a background of his story. So mm-hmm. that's my little fluffer, and then Still Anonymous, which is the follow-up to Living Anonymous, I'm pushing for April, and mm-hmm. Unveiled, which is the last <laughs> story <laughs> next summer. That's my goal anyway. Hopefully, you know, God willing, it, it happens that way. Awesome. Now, you're listening to Let's Chat, and we have the fabulous Arthur Shatea Sims on the phone. And if you'd like to talk to her, just press your one, and Alicia and I will bring you into the chat room. Now, Shatea, we have some, some, some people listening. And for those that are not familiar with your pen or getting excited about your upcoming book that's dropping next Friday, describe your pen to them. What type of pen can they expect from Miss Sims? Inspirational. Um, motivational as well as um, I would say insight. Like I said, I I really feel strongly about all the characters in the book that everybody can relate to, and you kind of um, 
like everybody has their favorite character. Through my first uh, round of promotions and people buying the book, they all have the character that they love and they all have the character that they hate, you know, because you have to have the villains, in the, you know, <laughs> to create the story. Mm-hmm. But um, I feel like all my characters are relatable in some way. And mm-hmm. I feel that the little marbles that I do drop in the book, as far as safe sex, you know, I, I talk about that strongly. Drug use, I talk about that strongly. I feel like, you know, everybody can learn something from the mm-hmm. from the story. Mm-hmm. Now, you talk about favorite characters. Now, I know when you ask an author about their favorite characters, that's like asking a mom about their favorite child. <laughs> <laughs> so do, do you have a favorite character? We won't tell anybody that's in the book. You can let us know. <laughs> um, I do. It really is the main character. Her name is Anissa. Um, I think any author pulls pieces of them and put it into a character. So mm-hmm. I always tell people, like, if this was Shatea Sims' world, if I could make my own reality life, take out her drama and take out her, her, you know, her downfall. Um, this is me. <laughs> like, this is me. Um, her best friend, Capri, which is the other um, main character in the girl, little girl that saves her life. She's also my favorite um, because she's me to an ex- she's me. She's my inner me, the me that, mm-hmm is anonymous. That's why the book's called Living Anonymous because I feel like everybody hides a piece of themselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's my, <laughs> she's the anonymous me. She's the, I'm going to say and do whatever I want to say and do because I can and nobody's going to dictate my life. And, you know, we all want to cuss that person out or <laughs> or mm-hmm. not go to work or, you know, just of life. So I, I compare them as you have your angel and you have your devil. We all have those two sides. So right. if you flip a coin, that really is Anissa and Capri. Absolutely. Now this is still Tony. You know, you, you I love your journey that you have gone through this literary uh, world of yours, but what has been the biggest lesson you've learned since you published your very first book? Uh, always leave room for error. Always research, mm-hmm. research, 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 and mm-hmm. network. Um, networking is very important. Networking with other authors or publishers or just even your readers because they do introduce you to potential readers, and pretty much that's all it's about. Like, I'm not in it for the money. Yes, I want to get paid just like everybody else, but mm-hmm. the gratification for me is someone telling me that they love my book. It, the gratification is somebody telling me, oh, my God, I cried. Somebody telling me that this needs to be a TV series or a movie. Like, that's the most rewarding thing, mm-hmm. like, I've ever heard just because, you know, going in, I'm just like, okay, I got this book. I hope people like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and to get that confirmation is just, it's it's Wow. Like it leaves me speechless all the time, and like um, when I'm at the book, uh, the book signings and everything, um, people are like, "I cried at this part," and you mm-hmm. know, it really touched mm-hmm. home. And it's like, 
I say thank you, and I hope they don't feel like it's like an arrogance or anything like that, but I'm literally speechless. Like, I don't know what to say. Like, I'm so mm-hmm. humbled, and it hits my heart. Like, I'm so appreciative that people are receiving it this way that mm-hmm. it leaves me speechless. It's not that I don't mm-hmm. want to talk to you. It literally leaves me speechless. Mm-hmm. I can hear it in your voice as you talk about it. You know, and and, it's, it's, and that's the beauty of what Leisha and I do here on Let's Chat is that the readers and the listeners can hear the passion from the the author's own mouth. You know, so they can pretty much Absolutely. hear you smiling. They can hear your passion over the phone. So that's a great thing. Thank you. Now, Shay, I have one quick question for you. This is Leisha. Our topic today is a final goodbye. Do you finalize uh, your manuscripts before you turn them in with a uh, final read on them? Or do you just yes. turn them in? I final read it. I turn it in. They give it back. I read it again. I turn it in. They give it back. I read it again. It got to the point that um, because, like I said, every everybody who's an artist, whether you're a writer, musician, painter, you want to perfect your craft. So it got mm-hmm. to the point where it was like every time um, I got it back, I was like, oh, maybe I should add this. Oh, let me change this. Oh, let me do this. And it got to the point where I'm like, you got to chill because if you keep <laughs> changing and trying to revamp something, you're never going to put it out. So you really do have to come to a point where you're like, all right, this is it, and this is what it's mm-hmm. going to be. Because me, I'll change it so many times. Like even living in <laughs> like even this book, it's like, damn, I should have added that to it, or damn, I should have changed that. And I'm sorry, I'm I don't mean. Am I allowed to curse on your show? <laughs> oh, you can say whatever you want, girl. <laughs> But, yeah, I always play things in my head like, oh, it would have been better this way or, oh, it would have been better this way. So um, Toni Morrison, which is one of my um, inspirations, I love her, um, her, you know, her works or whatever, and she said it best. She says, I I edit my book up until I turn it in, and I can, or I change my book up until I turn it in, and I, I, I still understand that because I am changing You give me something, I'm going to change it like 20,000 times, and then you'll think I perfect it, and then I'll be like, wait, let me do this. So, yeah. Wow. Wow, I know that's right. Well, that's it. You know, we thank you so much for joining Alicia and I, but let our listeners know your social media handle so they can follow you and stay up to to par on what you have going on. Okay. Well, um, Shatea Sims, let me uh, spell it. S-H-A-T is in Tom, A-Y-A, last name Sims, S-I, M is in Mary, M is in Mary S. Um, you can visit my website, www.shateasims.com. I have two excerpts up there from Living Anonymous, as well as four book trailers that I shot as promos. Um, they're also on my social media. Author Shatea Sims is my Facebook um, authorist mm-hmm. underscore SJS is my Instagram. Um, if you take a look at the book trailers, you'll get an idea of what you have to look forward to if you pick up the book. Awesome. That sounds great. We thank you so much for joining us today this evening. We appreciate thank you for you. having me. Thank you for having me. You're so welcome.
You have a great evening. And you know that you are welcome back anytime. <laughs> Thank Make you, sure you guys Thank grab you. her book on the 16th when it drops. It is available for pre-order right now. Congratulations, sweetie. Thank Congrats. you. You're welcome. I love her passionately. Like I said, that's I what love we her do. Spirit. She is so sweet. While we do it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> We're going to take a brief break, and then we will be back with the fabulous LaToya Chandler. Okay. This your boy, Yo Gotti. Gotti. Miss 
Tony. We're talking to talk about a final goodbye. And not a final goodbye as in our last show, but a final goodbye as in turning in your final manuscript uh, and your book really going through the process of being printed. Do you read it that one final time to say that final goodbye to your characters and that storyline? We had Shatea Sims on. If you missed that interview, make sure you head over to our archives and check out her fabulous interview. Um, You don't have to stream us from Blog Talk. We're available on iTunes as a podcast. That's right. Let's chat. is available on iTunes as a podcast. Now we have the fabulous Latoya Chandler in the chat room. Hi, how are you? Hi, ladies. How are you? We're good. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Welcome to the chat room. For everybody that does not know who the fabulous Latoya Chandler is, tell everybody a little bit about yourself uh, and your work. Okay, first I'll say forgive me for my voice because I have this allergy going and it, I think I sound like a man. Hopefully I don't. <laughs> but <laughs> but I am um, Latoya Chandler. I am the author of um, my three-part series, which is a torn series. Um, I'm also a publisher of fashion publications. Um, I'm also the founder of this new movement that I have going called the Hustle the Hustle Moms and Heels where we um empower mommy moguls to build financial empires and I you know coach them with writing and different things like that also. A busy lady dear. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I'm a mother of five. I I need to put that in there also. Girl, but, that should have been the first one. <laughs> There's a reason why I Woo, did it. Yes. Ooh, how do you balance? That is my first question. How do you balance well, everybody <laughs> and everything that you do? They're older, so I really believe that because they're older, I have more room to move around. You know, like mm-hmm. one of them just started college. My 17-year-old just started college, and um, then my two, my oldest is 25, and I have a in the man, right under him. He's 20, 21. He'll be 21. I'm sorry, in November. Um, and then my twins are 16, and everyone was in, isn't, you know, like the twins are into sports, and it's like they all have their own lives, and I'm mm-hmm. always, they'd be like, Mommy, won't you go, you know, before I started writing so much, I read a lot. They were like, won't you go read one of your books? Leave us alone. <laughs> <laughs> so I found other things to do with my time, but um, they motivate me and inspire me. If they see that I'm home or, or like on weekend trips, they're like, um, don't you have a book there, though? So what's going on with all the Toya Chandler? She's not doing anything. She needs to do something. So. <laughs> they's mapping out your life, girl. <laughs> they do, because they want me to leave them alone. I'm annoying, they say. <laughs> wow. But tell us a little bit about your latest book. This is Tony. Tell us a little bit about your latest work. Um, I actually um, had, it was called, it's called Why Your Wife's Gone. It's about a divorced attorney who has a fixation on married men. And um, she, you know, only deal, deal, dealt with married men. It was released in April, but I took it down, made it a complete novel, and had it re-edited. Um, it's funny that you guys, this is the topic, because it goes back to this book and to the first one that I wrote. Um I had it edited. I worked with the editor back and forth. I read it over a million times. I even had it proofread. 
but one uh, one avid reader who um, she um, reads a lot, and she was like, Toy, this was like the best book you've written. Oh my, it was what she said, but I want you to stab your editor and proofreaders. Like, mm-hmm. stab them, really? And I'm like, what do you mean? So I went back and as I'm go- going over it to continue the book, I'm like, wait a minute, what is this? And, I, and so I you know, went back to see if I, did I make a mistake and put up the wrong version, which I didn't. And there was just some things that I missed, and I guess because I read it over so much, my eyes was putting in words that weren't there, that I thought mm-hmm. they were there, and it was fixed, and it wasn't so. I wasn't pleased with it, and I really believe in putting out quality over quantity work. So I took it down, and I'm re-releasing it. It'll be at a discount price. It'll be a complete novel, and then it'll go back up to a regular price in two weeks. But I owe it to myself and to the readers to give them my best. Mm-hmm. You know, I love this topic that Alicia um, put a final goodbye because, you know, like she said at the top of the show, I'm not sure if you heard it, an, an author – and she continually hears, she continually gets their work back. It can go on and on and on, mm-hmm. and it can be never, ever lasting. But do you find that if you keep it in your hands too much, give it too much time in your hands, does the story tend to change a little bit? Yes, because I almost went back and rewrote the whole first part of the and I'm wow. like, no, I'm not going to do that. I can't. So I left it alone. I said, you know what, let me just pick up where I left off at and, and, and finish it. And sometimes what I've noticed, in order for me to end the book, somebody has to die. <laughs> so it, in order for it to we can relate die, to that. He says somebody got to go. <laughs> somebody got to go. I'm sorry. Who do y'all like the most? Oh, this one right here? I'll be telling yeah. you all chapter 65. <laughs> it's, just, it's just easier for me. So keep talking. And it's just you know, it's hard. you become attached to them. When I wrote the Torn series and I was the the final book, I was writing it. My hands were shaking. I had tears coming out. I was like, "What is wrong with you, crazy lady? Calm down!" But it was so emotional <laughs> for me because I've grown so attached to the beat, and I call them the people. You know, I was wow. one day I was at work, and I was in the back. Usually, when I'm at work and I go in the bathroom around three, is when the characters always talk to me. I don't know why they want to bother me in the bathroom, but they do. <laughs> And I'm in there, and I'm like, oh, my, because the ending of the book, and I was like, oh, my God, are you serious? And I said it really loud, and the HR VP was in the bathroom. <laughs> so when I came out of the store, she was like, what's going on? Are you okay? I said, oh, yeah, I'm fine. I'm, I'm okay. So I go back to my office, 20 minutes pass by, and she's peeking into the office. I'm like, what's wrong, man? She's like, are you sure you're okay? Because she was talking like something. <laughs> and I was like, no. I said, I write books. I was like, and the cat, she said, oh, you had me really scared. <laughs> I, held, I really hold on to these people, unfortunately. So, like I said, someone has to die because he let them go. <laughs> they go with you everywhere, right, girl? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Now, well, let's go back to the first time okay. you decided to pin your first book. What was kind okay. of going on in LaToya's world at that time that made you decide, I'm going to go ahead on and make this happen? My boyfriend at the time, um, when we first started, like, you know, when you're court and you're talking so much on the phone for hours, night and day, he did that. And we were talking, he was like, you read that much? And I'm, I said, I can't. 
not have a book in my hand. I just love to read. I sneak and read at work, everything. And I said, one day I want to write. I said, I journal, but I haven't actually put a book together. And he's like, you should do it. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do it. And I just, like, brushed them off. And it was like every day, Latoya, have you written? It got to the point where he got on my nerves. So I was like, you know what? Let me just try and write. And originally I was going to write a story about family stuff that I've gone through so much in my life. And I knew that a lot of people could relate. And then I had ran, I ran into an ex who was supposed to be my first, my first time for everything, but I was too scared to give up my virginity. I ran into mm-hmm. him, but I was in a relationship and I wasn't a little girl anymore. And I'm just like, hmm, he's talking a lot of mess right now. So he created one of the characters in my book. <laughs> oh. He loves those wrote. kind of characters. You know what? Don't, don't <laughs> be walking around with a false advertisement. Take false advertising mm-hmm. asses should have a sign on their forehead. False mm-hmm. advertising. Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> that helped me begin to pinpoint I don't need you, but I want to. Um, mm-hmm. He really... And I started off with just three main characters, and it just evolved to about five of them, and it, the story just went. And um, I was shocked that I, when I received it back from the editor, I was like, oh, my God, I wrote this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad now, you said that because just, I, I wanted to ask you about that. I'm sorry. I was just going to say I like that title, I Don't Need You, But I Want You. So I'm glad you cleared that up. <laughs> you understand where the I don't need you, but I want you come from. <laughs> mm-hmm. for, my, for me running into him. <laughs> and he looked better than he looked when he was in high school. I was like, oh, the devil Ooh. is busy on this Saturday. <laughs> oh. <laughs> He was trying to get you. He was trying to set you up. Mm-hmm. He did. He really did. Because he's like, you looking really good. I was like, you know what, Lucia, get away from me. <laughs> 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 and he pitched me out and oh screamed so tight. <laughs> he had on this cologne. He I was fell like, for the oh. banana in the shell. Probably. You got to be careful oh. sometimes. It's not false advertisement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Now, this is Leisha Latoya. Now, yes. it, what is something that, is there anything that you regret putting in your book? I I, I know a lot of authors that say, I kind of wish I would have put that in there. That part is true, or a family member has, come, you know, kind of gone to them and said, well, why did you put that in there? Has there something, anything that you've written that you kind of regret writing? No, I don't regret. Well, one, as far as my family, you know, that part, other than my, well, my kids, I told them they can't read torn because there's a lot of sex in there. Um, so I just told them it's not appropriate for them to read, and they can read another book, my Christian fiction book that I write. Um, but my family, they, um, one cousin read my book, but my family don't support me like that. So, no. But as far as me regretting, um, a couple of the women under the her publication, we on my team, we wrote a book called A Mother's Passion, and I actually opened up myself a little to discuss um, when I was molested and almost raped um, as a child. And at first, yeah. at first, 
I'm like, I shouldn't put it in it because, you know, I had like knots in my stomach because I was actually reliving it as I wrote. And I didn't even write a lot about it, but it was therapeutic for me and I needed to talk about it. So if my family ever reads it, I'm sure they'll probably like, why did you tell? But you know what? I didn't mention names. I made it a little fictitious, but I really put my truth, a lot of my truth into that story. I don't regret it at all. I don't regret anything I wrote because at the end of the day, I just feel like, we go through things so we can help other people. Whether we're writing fiction or not, there's stories, there's a message in any, everything that we write. And even though Torn was about um, the series, it was like a, a lie. The, the One of the main characters, he didn't tell his wife that he had met her best friend on a dating website six months prior to meeting them, and he didn't know that was her, and they had um, slept together one time. It turns into like this big, big, um, domino effects of lies, everyone's secrets coming out, exposing everyone. But my message to everyone was, if you don't deal with what's dealing you, it's going to deal with you. My mom always says it doesn't come out in the wash, it's going to come out in the rent. So you have to deal with those things because if you if you don't deal with it now, it's going to show up later. So I, I'm regret, no, I can't say that I regret anything that I've I've written or that I'm going to write because I know that one way or the other, uh, there's going to be a message that's going to help or touch someone else because that's really my purpose of doing what I'm doing. Wow. That's awesome. Um, can you describe your pen for us? Um, like what, is, what genre would you say your, your pen represents best? I would say romance because I'm a helpless romantic myself and drama. Mm-hmm. Um, I like romance and drama. Definitely. That's, really what my um, my pen is. And then I can, you know, mix a little Christian fiction in that. I can mix mix suspense in there also. So it's really mm-hmm. romance. Now, have you ever co-wrote with anyone else? Just with the women of fashion um, and one, um, Kendra Reeves, we did a book together, um, A Passion Love Affair, but no one else as of yet. Oh, as of yet, meaning the door is open, huh? <laughs> sure. I'm I'm always up for a good story <laughs> to to write and create it. And it's fun to bounce ideas off of one another. I had fun when we wrote the story, you know, even though she wrote half and I wrote another half, to do a book where you write one chapter, two chapters, and the person does the next, I would like to do something like that. I think that would be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Absolutely. Now, this is Alicia. Uh, do you have a strategy to finding or um, creating the characters in the book, in your book? Um, I can't say I do. Well, I, I, I can't. I, I guess um, like for the Torn series, I started off with the title and a few names and a little background on them, and I went from there with those. Then um, Tammy Capri, I'm in her, um, she has a, 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 a Facebook group where she posts pre-made book covers. And I've been buying book covers as like I've lost all the good sense they gave me. I was. I've slowed down. I've been so much better. So it's like the book cover gave me ideas. Like when I saw the book cover for Why Your Wife's Gone and the woman's lipstick, she just looked like she would just be a mess. So and I didn't want it to be like the typical book, so I made her an attorney, you know. And then I'm like, I need a twist. And I'm like, how about she be a divorce attorney 
and she's infatuated and in love with married men. That'll be a twist because that's completely insane. How could you try to defend something that you're doing, you know? So I didn't have, like, you know, the book cover gave me inspiration. And sometimes, you know, different – it's like once you start writing Pandora's boxes open and different things that I see will come up or ideas or I'll read a quote and then I'll think of a whole book based off of that quote. Okay. That sounds interesting. Now, can you tell us the hardest journey that you've had as an author? I would say getting the exposure that we all feel that we deserve. You know, it's um, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of time. It's a lot of energy and patience. And, you know, when I first started, I, I read everything in the world to understand what needs to be done, what has to happen. The only thing that I really didn't read about was the 80%, which is the marketing and branding part. I didn't read about that part yet. So I didn't know. And and later on I realized what me being in my urban book club, giving up the free books for over that time, I was networking with readers. And that helped me get, like, a little bit of following just because because I, I was already in contact with them with um, giving out the free books, but I had no idea how labor-intensive it is with marketing branding. Like, I've been studying, taking classes, doing so many things, and I've learned so much, and I'm just like, I'm like a little kid in a candy store when I learn new things. I just love to learn new things and apply it, but now I have to realize you're sowing seeds, you have to wait for the harvest to come up, so... I'm waiting on my harvest. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, I love the journey, and I love hearing your passion for what it is that you do. But can you share your social media handles um, as you leave the chat room so our listeners can follow you and anything you may have coming out additional that you'd like to share with them? I have, I'm um, on Facebook, Latoya Chandler. I'm Latoya Chandler on everything, um, Instagram and Twitter also. Um, my website is latoyachandler.com. You can find me on all of them and all the information. Is there anything coming up? Everything that I have going with Hustle Moms with Heels and everything, everything is on there. Awesome. That's that branding, girl. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you so much for joining us. <laughs> Thank you for having me. You're welcome. You, hey, you are welcome back anytime. Thank you. Awesome. I love her spirit. I love, that's why we do what we do, just to be able to, to hear our author's spirit and their passion for what they do. We're going to take a brief break, and we're going to come back with the fabulous Phyllis Flores. We're going to listen to that fabulous beat that Aaron Bebo dropped, Keys to Bolivia. Yes, Aaron Bebo is more than just an author and a publisher. He All right. I want the keys to Bolivia, she turning me on One line at a time, one snore, she gone Like flash yard, use the whole whip when it's strong Roll up one whip and I'm gone I want the keys to Bolivia, she turning me on One line at a time, one snore, she gone Like flash yard, use the whole whip when it's strong Roll up one whip and I'm gone Shorty like my body, set my name first Gonna make up, go in the same purse, we out here on the grind 
She got the same thirst I got a mind, body, and soul Three round burst My soldier in heels The breast behind the ski mask Netflix and chill As I roll out the weed bag She show how she feel You know a nigga see that She want my attention And she know it's time to be back I'm always down the block Put on major block Pump like handles Till she see a mirage When it's deep My rib can feel a squeeze from her thighs I could tell that she mind By the look in her eyes If we get caught in the act We'll be sentenced to life So when it's time to throw down We don't ever think twice Taking shots at the missus But this is my wife So all them shots be misses Bitch, get you a life I want the keys to Bolivia She turning me on One line at a time One snore, she gone Like glass jars Use the whole whiff when it's strong Roll up one whiff and I'm gone I want the keys to Bolivia, she turning me on One line at a time, one snore and she gone Like glass jars, use the whole fifth when it's strong Roll up one whiff and I'm gone, gone. Yeah, how you doing love? What's your name, number and sign? You so divine, let me look at you from behind Yeah, your body banging, coke bottle, some type of model Digging how when you move through the crowd, the eyes follow Got my attention Got my head spinning, the kind of feeling that got you tripping so revealing. Mind state of a hustler, your style so appealing. I'm looking for a trip to Bolivia if you willing. The poor taking Szechuan State and take a break from the day to day. We can get away on a holiday. Vibing, coasting, bragging, boasting, chopping it up back to back, blunts in motion. Hugging the ocean, shopping, copping, designer. Baby, tell me how that sound. I want the finer things in life. A1 weed, papers, and pipes. And we can get it right. I want the keys to Bolivia. She turning me on one line at a time. One snore, she gone like glass jars. Use the whole whiff when it's strong. Roll up one whiff and I'm gone. I want the keys to Bolivia. She turning me on one line at a time. One snore, she gone like glass jars. Use the whole whiff when it's strong. Roll up one whiff and I'm gone. Olivia by the fabulous Erin Bebo. Now we're going to take this time and bring in Phyllis Forrest. Hey, Phyllis, how are you? I'm doing great. And how about yourself? I am good. I am good. Welcome to the chat room. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Now, <laughs> yes. Now, for all of those that don't know Phyllis Forrest, Tell everybody about your literary journey uh, and your book that's coming out. My name is Phyllis T. Forrest, and I started off as a self-published author with my own um, personal story. Um, it was called Through a Child's Eyes. It was about a man who took a liking to a young girl at seven years old and infiltrated her innocence by befriending her mother with all the with the intentions of all along of molesting her. And it was my own personal story. So yeah. I started off with a platform. Yeah, I started off with a platform um, of child abuse. Um, like I said, my book was called Through a Child's Eyes. And I also had a second book called Deviant, Secrets of a Predator, in which I told the story in the, from the perspective of the predator. So, and then my third book that I have out now is called Behind Every Boss, 
is a bay, and I'm with Delphine um, Publications. And this time I decided to kind of step off of my platform a little bit and kind of challenge myself creatively and see if I could just come up with a really good book. Plus, you know, I'm from the D, so I had to do get a little hood on you. <laughs> I know, that's right. Right. Now, how difficult was it to write that story? My very first story? Um, to a child's eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, the most difficult part about this story, because it was a true story, and one thing about it is that I wrote it very in your face. It was all true. I didn't hold nothing back. It was really, really wrong. So, I, you know, when my family members read the book, they was like, dang, sis, you went in. Because <laughs> I didn't, I, I told the exact, the truth, regardless of who the characters um, were in it. The hardest part about writing that book was um, I cared about my family. I cared about um, how it would affect them. Not the whole family, just my immediate family, mm-hmm. like my sisters and my brother, my mom, and my two daughters. Um, the reason why is because not only did he come in and take over my life and sexually molest me, he also molested my two brothers, my two sisters, and my brother. Right. So it was all Oh, wow. Yeah. And I would mm. say simultaneously he was molesting maybe about 14 kids all at one time. So that's I think the hardest part was um, going to my family and asking them, was it okay for me to write the book? In which they gave me all praise and glory. And the kind of personality they have, they were like, well, if anybody would write the book, it would be you. So, you know, they gave me their blessings. Um the most two difficult ones I had to talk to was my daughters because my daughters were a product of that rape. And I had to worry about how they would feel of being exposed because I protected them my whole life of not telling my story. So no one knew. So it was like a big shock to even my closest, closest friends, my fa- my, my family members, like my aunts and things like that because I never told anybody. I just went on and took the reputation of, oh, just being a little fast, tell a hot, tell a girl that didn't listen to her mama and ended up with two kids. <clears throat> so I had to talk to So it was it was mostly I had to talk to them and see how they felt about being exposed. Now, I, I'm mm-hmm. going to be honest with something. Um, because, of, because I decided to write the book because it was basically me wanting to talk to mothers who unintentionally let these sexual predators in their life, it was an education thing to me. If my sisters and my brother would have felt a certain kind of way about it, I would have written it anyway. The only two people that could have stopped me from writing that book was my daughter. Mm. Wow. Mm -hmm. So that has um, to be like the hardest thing to really pin, though because you would have had to go back and kind of relive um, those times again. Well, you know what? It's, it's, it was like this. Um, I think that when people go through anything, I know sometimes, and we have people have went through some of the worst things, you have to find some way to release it. You have to find some kind of way to get past it because your childhood can mess up your adulthood, and the bottom line is we are an adult longer than we are a child. 
So with me, Absolutely. it was more. Yeah. So me, with me, it was more, more, mostly like, okay, this happened to me in my life, and once I got rid of him, which I spent um, 14 years of my life with him, basically I felt like I was by default raised by him. And but once God took him out of my life, it was now for me to figure out a way to overcome what I had become to overcome and also take care of these little girls and give them the best life that I could so they could be productive, mm-hmm. so they could have a chance. Wow. So basically that's what I did. Um, I know it was funny because when uh, my friends that I've had over 20-something years had no idea. They said that I never acted like a person who had been sexually molested. Only thing they knew is that I loved my girls, which was a shock to them also because that's one of the questions that I always ask my audience when I do um, speaking engagements is, is there anybody who would have fought at me if I did not want my girls? And no one would ever raise their hand. But I loved them. They were like my best friends. So my, my, my whole life, once I got out of the situation at 21 years old, was to figure out what I was going to, how was I going to raise these girls and how was I going to take care of them because I knew nothing. That was part of his manipulation was to make sure that I knew nothing. That was his way of keeping me tied to him because I didn't know anything. I didn't know anything about getting a job, a resume. I didn't know how to drive. I didn't know anything. I had to learn Basically, I I grew up with my girl. Mm. Wow! Absolutely, absolutely. And so, what were, what are some of the things that you do with your girls um, to to kind of help and guide them to kind of break um, break that 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 thing? You know what I'm saying? For ha- from happening again. The, the cycle. Uh, well, um, one thing it is is that, and and let me explain to you. I actually I didn't just write my story. I used it like an educational tool. In actuality, mm-hmm. I actually wrote rules and guidelines in my book because not only had I went through that situation and I told my story to help others, it was a lot that I had taken in of that I saw what he did, and I saw exactly how he did it. So I wrote my book, mm-hmm. and I actually put rules and guidelines in the first five chapters because I wanted not only for you to read it, and, and, and the story alone was bad enough. So it was it was keeping you entertained, but I but because of that, I put rules and guidelines in between my first five, five chapters as I told the story because I wanted people to stop and hear what I was saying. I wanted them to pay attention to what I was saying. Right. So I put rules and guidelines in the first five chapters of how he manipulated his way into my house Mm. and how he went about doing it. Because I wanted people to be clear when they got finished with this book. I wanted them to know the signs. So that was was the way I wrote the book as an educational tool. Mm -hmm. And then then after that, I went on and told the story. (laughs) Absolutely right. You got to, but you have to set the atmosphere. You have to set everything up mm-hmm. uh, in the direction that you you want and need it to go. So that was an awesome way that you did that. Now, just changing gears a little bit. If we were sitting here a year from now, um, talking and celebrating uh, a great year 
um, that you've had, what what would you have achieved, or what do you want to have achieved um, in that term? Um, well, then, like I said, then did I did start off with a platform with child um, sexual molestation um, that I have that on Oprah Winfrey's stage that she acknowledged me, that she thought what I wrote and the way I, I told the story was worthy. Because, and I, and I need that exposure. I need someone like that to come along and take um, an interest in my book so I can get it more in circulation because I have done the most that I could. I mean, I even have a short film on YouTube. Um, Every, in April is Child Sexual Awareness Month. I always do, you know, some some type of um, activity in that month to bring more notability to my book. Um, I do as many radio shows as I can. I've been in newspapers and magazines. But just haven't met that one person because I actually would like for it to be a movie. I haven't had that one person wow. that was really yeah, I I I don't I've had that one person that is willing to take a chance. I've had people contact me and 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 I sent them the book and they saw the short film that's on YouTube and they thought that it was a great book. But I had someone tell me that nobody would ever touch it. It was too raw. I don't believe that. Mm. I don't believe that nobody would ever touch it. Just maybe you won't touch it. So I know I need somebody a little daring. I need a Tyler Perry or Lee Daniels or Spike Lee, Oprah. I need somebody like that who is not so much caught up in, oh, can I make millions off of this because I'm still trying to make it. I need somebody who's already made it. And just because they put the Midas touch on it, that people would listen. You better talk that talk. I know that's right. Oh, what's going to happen? Oprah knows she see me. She just ignoring me, that's all. But she see me. <laughs> what you say? Oprah's trying to play that role. Oh, yeah, Oprah yeah, know yeah, what yeah, it is. Kinda, yeah, she know what it is. She, she see me. She's just waiting to see what else I'm going to try to do with it. That's all. But, you know, I, I do. I push that book. I will always. Even though I stepped off my platform, that book will always be my baby, mm-hmm. and I will always push that book because it is just so important for mothers to pay attention. And that's who I mostly focused on in, in that book was mothers. Pay attention. Because there were so many things that my mother had did where she, I'm not going to say turned a blind eye. I think she just wasn't paying attention at one point. But not only that, it's just, certain rules and guidelines that you should have with your children when you bring someone new into your home. Because communication is very important with your children. You need to let them know that no matter what, you listen to them, you hear them. And that person also needs to see that relationship that you listen to your child. And anything that that child will tell you will be thoroughly investigated. And that's why I took out the time to show show his, his manipulation tactics um, of the things that he did to sidetrack my mother. Mm-hmm. I don't, it, it was mm. crazy because, you know, I, 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 I got out of the situation. I met him at seven years old. I got out of the situation when I was 21. And I, I wanted to write the book. I already knew I was going to write this book. And I instantly came up 
with the name which was Stuart Child God. And it was in but I lacked the maturity and life experience at the time to write the book the way I wrote it. Because if I would have wrote that book at twenty one, I would have said, let, let me tell y'all about this fool. <laughs> it would have came off more like that. I I didn't have the I wasn't at the intellectual level that I'm at now where I was able to actually write structural rules and guidelines inside of my story so people could understand exactly what he did and how he did it. Wow, absolutely. Now, our topic today is a final goodbye. And we are asking um, authors, when you turn in that final manuscript, um, and this Mm -hmm. is after the editing process, you know, the editing process, you go back and forth, back and forth, but when it comes back Mm -hmm. that final time from the editor, do you proofread that um, before it's set to be released? Definitely. I go through, even though I have read it a hundred times, I go through line through line because I'm not going to trust anybody to, I know that's their perception, but they are human and they can make mistakes. And I'm not going to trust anybody to to, to the point where I'm saying, okay, because they did it, it's totally okay. No, because I'm about to catch Uh their mistakes too. (laughs) I'm about to catch their mistakes too. Because it's very important, important to me to try to have the most perfect manuscript there is. Um, it, mm-hmm. it, it seems like it's so hard to not to have a mistake. You, you know, even now I still read my books and like, oh, how did I miss that? You know, but right, I want it as right. perfect as possible because I don't want mm-hmm. anybody to be so, it's so many grammatical errors that it's hard. You so focused on that that you're missing the story or it's messing up your flow of the story. So definitely, I check my wow. manuscript back and forth. Matter of fact, even once I get that final, and when we're doing back and forth and I get that final, I, I will go through line by line, and then mm-hmm. I will sit there and read it on my own like I was a reader. Absolutely. I have, we are, I have to admit, go ahead. I have to admit, it's, it, um, I just said, oh, this is good. <laughs> Now, we always ask the, a, a fun question of our um, authors that come on the show. So I'm going to ask you, if you could be a, a animal, animal would you be and why? I never thought of being like that. Um, <laughs> you know what? I think I would be a, a, a dog, a really cute little dog. The reason why is because I think that pets are, like, the closest that, as far as humanized. Mm-hmm. I think I know they say monkeys, but I would say dogs because dogs are so loving. They're so loyal. I mean, when they have a master, they don't care how you look. They don't care, you know, how you smell. If you are the person that's taking care of them, they are so loyal, and they will protect you with their last being. Mm. And they're so comforting. Yes. They're, they're, they're so comforting. I mean, anybody who is by themselves or anything like that, and they have a dog, that dog becomes their best friend. They best friend. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's not nothing nobody can do. You can't give them a treat. You can't give them a steak. There's nothing you can do mm-hmm. to get that dog away from its owner. I love the Lord. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. I definitely agree with that. We so appreciate you coming to kick into us in the chat room. Make sure you tell all of our listeners your current book that's out, any future books you have out, and any events that you're going to be um, attending, and all of your um, social media handles. My my um, recent book that I have is called is um, behind every boss. There is a base. It was really my, um, you know how you make the statement is behind every successful man, it's a it's a smart woman. That was just my ghetto way of saying that. <laughs> because that's basically what I wanted to give off was how women hold their men down no matter what. And when you're lucky enough to have a man that appreciates it, it could be a wonderful relationship. So it's called Behind Every Boss Bears a Bay. I do have T-shirts for the couples that want to pay homage to their woman and, you know, honor their man. I have T-shirts to go with it. Um, I mm-hmm. My... Second, the part is four part um, book is already in the editing department uh, because readers will mm-hmm. harass you. They think that you can read that you can write faster than they can read. Um, but I am, on, I, I am I am on Instagram as author of Phyllis. I'm sorry, author PT Forest. I am on Facebook author Phyllis P Forest. Snapchat Tony author Tony and Twitter. Absolutely. Oh, I, well, do we have, appreciate yeah, you. I do have one event that, um, that is coming up. Um, it's the Yubawa, um Book Event in L.A. That's October 1st. Absolutely. I will be there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep, I'll be there. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, we appreciate you coming in the chat room with us. Well, you are welcome back any, any time. Just let me know, you, you know, Tanika always, <laughs> you are always welcome back. Tanika always sends over such fabulous, fabulous, fabulous guests for us, and we appreciate her for that. Shout out to Tanika Newhouse. Tanika, yes. <laughs> and we appreciate you coming on the show today, and we will talk to you soon. Yes, and thank you so much for having me. You are very welcome. You're welcome, welcome, welcome. I love your spirit. You keep it up. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Fabulous, fabulous show tonight. Make sure you guys check us out tomorrow night. We will have Ice Burner in the chat room kicking it with us. Seven, he will be talking about the BEC experience where he will be performing Super excited. Thank you to all of our special guests that were on today. If you're just tuning in and you missed those interviews, go back and hit our archives. And we're out. Good night.